Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Yeah, it's 310 here on this manic Monday afternoon. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Ian Hoke sitting in for Scoot. He'll be back on Monday. I'm going to be uh, hosting in his stead uh, today, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Coleman's on the other side of the glass doing an exceptional job as usual. If you're just tuning in, we've had a pretty interesting uh, set of things to talk about so far today. In the first hour, we talked to uh, David Schultz, who's been on the show before. He's a pretty smart guy, a professor of law and political science at Hamline University. We talked a lot about, uh, we had a pretty in-depth discussion about that Alabama Supreme Court ruling that says frozen embryos are actually people and that this IVF clinic in Alabama can be sued by parents, uh, patients there, whose whose embryos were destroyed in a sort of curious incident that I, I still don't quite understand. A patient, quote, wandered into an area of the facility that was not locked. It was not secured. They just waddled their little butt right in there and, I don't know, t- took a tray of test tubes out of a freezer and then dropped them or, or something. It, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a career criminal or anything. It wasn't like a, a deliberate act of destruction, I don't think. But uh, maybe we'll learn more about that actual lawsuit as as the story develops. Maybe not. In the last hour, we spoke to Dr. Rachel Fiore, who's a speech-language pathology instructor, about vocal fry, which is a way that like some people speak to make themselves sound a certain way, according to the social mores, and to make themselves fit in with their friends. Pretty interesting conversation. Uh, it's most prevalent among young women. Uh, criticism is most often aimed at young women, even though everybody does this. Some people more than others. But uh, it certainly seems like in the last 25, 30 years, it's become a bigger deal. Some people on the Yokon Art Jewelers talking text line texted in and said, "Ah, this is just the new way of talking about the burnt valley accent. Which, yeah, it probably is. It may be just another way to describe a a phenomenon that's been going on for a while. Anyway, the reason I bring all this up is you can go back and listen to it. If you missed it, um, it's all going to be on the website at www.com. You go to the Scoot Show. uh, You click on audio. Then you click on the Scoot Show. It'll be on demand there. But I prefer to use the Rewind, honestly, on the Odyssey app. If you got the app, you can just scrub the show back like it's a you know, a DVD player or a VCR or something like that. Um, and you can go and listen to the show as it aired originally with all the bumper music and everything. Uh, and that stays up for 24 hours and then the whole cycle restarts again. So if you missed part of the show earlier or you missed part of any show earlier, you can go back and listen to Tommy Tucker and Newell Normand. It's all on the Odyssey app. Reading now from USAToday.com, headline reads, Behold, 
The Chitsa, a new pizza-inspired fried chicken menu item, is debuting at KFC. The company announced Wednesday it's introducing the Chitsa to KFC menus in the United States starting today. Only for a limited time, the item features two white meat fried chicken fillets topped with marinara sauce, melted mozzarella cheese, and crispy pepperoni. I would eat the hell out of this, Coleman. With very, very light cheese. Oh, like oh yeah, because you're not a huge cheese guy, right? Oh, I can't stand cheese. Oh man, but I can eat thin crust pizza with light cheese. Okay, all right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get two. Uh, so after work today, after we go catch the pepper spray guy at the Chuck E. Cheese, we'll go get a pizza at KFC. I I would actually really love to know if there's any. Probably not. I think when they say they're going to release it in select markets, they're almost always talking about. New York or L.A., but maybe they're rolling out the fried chicken pizza here in New Orleans. It we doesn't like hurt chicken. to try because I think the Chuck E. Cheese in Algiers is literally right across the street from the KFC. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, great. Then we'll yeah. go do it, and uh, maybe we'll get a smashed potato bowl while we're out there. They're also bringing back the blackberry lemonade, which was very good. Hey, uh, listen, last hour somebody texted in and, um, and brought, what's his face, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, into our conversation about vocal fry and asked my guest to you know, kind of without really having a chance to listen to it, sort of diagnose him. Is he using vocal fry? And uh, somebody later texted in and said there's actually a specific term for that. It's called spasmodic dysphonia. His grandmother, Rose Kennedy, also suffered from the same condition. So uh, I went real quickly and just pulled a couple examples of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. speaking. I, I didn't get a chance to listen to these before I threw them to Coleman, so I have no idea what the hell we're about to hear. I have no idea what the context is. Maybe he's at a press conference. Maybe he's giving away his credit card number. I don't know. But, Coleman, let's go ahead and take a listen to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for a moment. I understand the deeply felt concern that people have about the way corruption has overtaken our government. It's in the executive branch. It's in Congress. It's in the leadership of both political parties. There is a path to victory. The hope we are feeling isn't some kind of trick of the mind. We all recognize that there's a genuine possibility of national transformation. How are we going to win against the established Washington interests? It's not through playing the game by the corrupt rules that the corrupt powers and the vested interests have rigged to keep us all in their thrall. Instead, we're going to have to rewrite the assumptions and change the habits of American politics. Interesting. Spasmodic dysphonia. I would not have guessed that. His was really interesting about it. When uh, you sent me the clips, yeah. first I thought it was altered, sort of like using a flanger tool when you're editing, you know, audio for sure. like a, you know, a guitar riff. And mm-hmm. as I started listening, I was like, no, this is actual voice. And it goes to show you if you're just listening to it audibly, he does sound weak, and it kind of gives you sympathy. Yeah. But when you, if you were to watch him saying the same thing with, with his body language, you understand it's just a condition. He's actually a confident person when you hear his words and what he's saying. So if he didn't have that that vocal, whatever it's called, he would come across as a dysphonia. as a strong, you know, person. But that the voice thing kind of makes you feel like, oh, he's old, and he's you know, if you just heard it for what it was, you know. But that goes to show you how we hear something and we automatically make a preconsumption just based on some. The way somebody sounds. Hundo P without a D. Hey, listen, we also talked a little bit about ACDC and uh, some textures are reminding us. The guy's name is Bon Scott. I was, yeah, Jimmy and Gretna called and, you know, he's a. Oh, oh, be still my stars and garters. I wouldn't have guessed it. Oh, look who's here, by the way. I'll get to you in just a little bit, Jimmy. Um, hey, I also wanted to update you. If you're an AT&T customer, you probably had a pretty frustrating uh, uh, time last week when they're. Uh, coverage, uh, their gigantic outage on Thursday, about 73,000 outage reports 
on a website called Down Detector, a website that tracks internet and cellular network outages. Now, AT&T CEO John Stanky. <laughs> the guy's name is John Stanky? Man, all right. Okay. All right. All right, Stanky. Um, Stanky wrote, uh, Thursday was a challenging day for our company. Our purpose is to connect people to greater possibility, and we fell short of what we typically do so well each and every day. Our initial review of the cause of Thursday's outage indicates, ready for this, Coleman? It was due to the application and execution of an incorrect process used while working to expand our network. John... John Stanky, you can't get any more specific than that. Again, he says it was due to the application and execution of an incorrect process used while working to expand our network. I think I'm going to start using that uh, as as a way to like, oh, I screwed something up or like, oh, I was speeding. He pulls over. He's like, you know, I pulled you over. You're doing 90 and a 35. And I said, you know what, officer? Honestly, it was due to the application and execution of an incorrect process, man. I'm sorry. You know. Please go easy on me. You think that's going to work? I'm not sure, but I know that explanation is less cooler than the ones that people at the bar was telling me. They said it was due to a solar flare. Yeah, the solar flare. That's what I heard, too. A kick-ass flare. But yeah, uh, like the solar flare knocked all the EMP stuff out or whatever. I don't know how it works. Well, you know, we talked about that, I think, when I was on the air last October, and we talked about the EMP, you know, uh, how the whole system, you know. Well, anyway, we'll get back into that another time. But we'll, look out for solar flares. Is the lesson there. Also, beware application and execution of incorrect processes. Now, reading from an article at WWL.com, headline reads, Did Trump call Melania Mercedes? Former President Donald Trump is back on the hot seat again for question about his mental fortitude after he seemed to call his wife Mercedes. The alleged slip came on Saturday while he was at CPAC. The former guy appeared to be referring to his wife, saying she was a great first lady sparking a standing ovation from the crowd. My wife, our great first lady, people love her, Trump said of Melania Trump. Moments later, after loud applause, he turned and said, Mercedes, that's pretty good. I don't think Trump screwed up and called his wife Melania Mercedes because Mercedes slap was also up there. Trump and his allies have said he was referring to somebody else, a completely different person whose name... Also starts with an M, Mercedes Schlapp, who's a political commentator and the wife of the American Conservative Union chair and former White House staffer, Matt Schlapp, who I'll remind you is facing allegations of groping young men. But that's a story for another day. Now, it's not impossible that Trump could have done this. He's made up some words before. He's trying to say beneficiaries, and he says beneficies. Renovations become renovish. He tries to say pivotal, and he says pivotal. Obama becomes Obama. Missiles become Mishes. He's trying to say Christmas one time and he says Christmas. And he's trying to say bipartisan one time and he says bipars. Now, look, I don't really think this is uh, altogether that interesting. I think it's just another kind of thing that we like to take pot shots at people for. I actually, you know, you probably already know how I feel about Trump, but I, I, I think it's a little charming. When he screws words up and, and makes stuff up like Kofefe, like we've been we've been talking about this forever when he makes up words like it's just part of his his charm, I suppose. Let's get some calls in here. Jimmy Gretna, go. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, two things real quick. Uh, Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac. She flew in, I think, this weekend. Cool. She's in and around town. 
Uh, there's pictures of her flying into the lakefront uh, airport. I think the first night of the tour is Wednesday night. Uh, what else? Trapped is playing Wednesday night at Southport Hall. A band you might like, uh, Ian, maybe you could tell uh, Coleman there to cue up some bumper music. The band Weedus is coming Weedus. to New Orleans March 18th. You ever heard of Weedus? I yeah, what's, you might like them. I know Weedus. They had that one hit. What's the big you know, Weedus two song? tickets to Iron Maiden, baby. They're coming. Oh, Teenage Dirtbag. Teenage Dirtbag. Coleman, I want to go to break with that up. I'm, we're going to break with Teenage Dirtbag. Thank you, Jimmy. Yes. Okay. What else okay. you got? And, and I, I'll say, yeah, he, Weedus is coming March 18th to Chicky Wawa. And, um, yeah, and listen, they're filming Spinal Tap, too. Right. I know, Coleman, if you've ever been an extra, they're, they're, spil- they're filming it in New Orleans. Yeah. Okay, and at Coleman, I don't know if you've ever been an extra. I know they filled the Motley Crue movie down here a couple years back, but if anybody wants to be an extra in the Spinal Tap Two movie, it's called Goodbye Cleveland. All you got to do, if you got Facebook, <laughs> you guys can pull it up. Go on Facebook, Ian. Look up Goodbye Cleveland casting. Just type in that search. Uh, those three words, Goodbye Cleveland casting. Okay. It'll take you to a page. March fifteenth and sixteenth at UNO. They're filming. They're paying people 150 bucks a day just to stand in the crowd for the movie. So anybody who wants to be in Spinal Tap 2, look that up, follow the directions, email the casting director, and, uh, yeah, go on Facebook, Goodbye Cleveland Casting. It'll, t- it'll tell you where to go. But, yeah, they're filming Spinal Tap 2 here at UNO. So that's awesome. That's pretty cool. But, yeah, all right, man, Thanks. have a good day. You too, brother Jimmy. Yeah, no, listen, being an extra in a movie, I did that a couple times uh, many, many years ago. It's, it's great fun. Um, you, it can be a bit dull, but that's okay. You just bring a phone charger, bring a book, you know, Sudoku or whatever. It's actually a pretty damn interesting way to make a little bit of time. I'm sorry, make a little bit of money, pass the time, and you get to be on a movie set. And if you're interested in movies and the way that they get made and the way TV shows get made, but, you know, maybe your career took you in a different way and you're never going to be a film or TV actor, go and be an extra. And you can kind of get the get the vibe Feel like what it's like to be on a movie hey, set. Ian, what you think when you go to these casting calls? Are they going to have that couch like you have in your office right now? What kind of movies are you going out I'm, for, I'm man? Just, I know you said you had one of these new couches. Have you I'll seen just, the couch in I, my I, office? I have passed by, but I didn't. Man, walk, you know, sit on it. It's real leather. It's real black leather, and it's. I mean, it's not even a couch technically. It's a love seat, but you know what happens in there after hours is my business. Let's tuck in Slim real quick. Slim, good afternoon, my friend. What's going on? I'm doing fine. How you doing? I'm doing fine. How you doing? Man? I'm doing real well. It's nice to hear from you. You uh, you did anything cool this weekend? What you been up to? I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling. Are you chilling outside or you chilling inside? Because the weather was really nice this weekend, wasn't it? I'm chilling inside. So I'll be watching Sheba too. Are you watching Sheba? She's in Los Angeles now. or Was she back in town this yeah. weekend? Oh, yeah. What Well, what's she up to? Uh, she was down here for my little I Oh, yeah, that's right. I think I saw a picture of her with her friends from Channel 4 there, yeah. Yeah, I hope she's doing well in Los Angeles. I haven't been able to, to keep up with her as much now that she lives in California, but uh, we sure miss her, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Slim, I... I like her hair. Oh, yeah. She, I like Sheba hair. Yeah, she's great. She look, She's got looks, you know... All the time. She's always looking so good. Hey, Slim, I got to go check on traffic, but we'll talk a little bit later. Okay, man? Thanks so much for calling in. All right. When I come back, we're going to be talking to Steph Kaufman, who's the founder and owner of Luminary and Company. They make candles, 
and these candles are making waves. We're going to come back after we get a look at traffic, and we'll take care of some biz. And we're going to go to break with Weedus and their big uh, hit uh, Teenage Dirtbag. This slaps. Go. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Thanks so much for sticking around. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This song slaps. I will not be taking any minority opinions on the matter. It's my final verdict from the bench. Enchanted by Taylor Swift. Banger. Reading now from Fox 6 News in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Headline reads, candles sold at Whitefish Bay stores spark, quote, blasphemy protest. Reading now from the article, a Whitefish Bay protest took issues with candles on sale during a small business's Swifty Super Bowl Eve party on Saturday, February 10th. The group gathered outside Mixed Bag MKE, that's the name of the store, I guess, on Silver Spring Drive with signs mentioning love for God as well as blasphemy and sacrilege. One man told of Fox 6 News that prayer candles featuring Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey were among the reasons for the protests, the man told Fox 6 News. We see this as a mockery of Jesus and Mary, and Jesus and Mary are not a joke. We hold them very close to our hearts, he said. These images are even more dear to us than images of family members. And that's kind of where you lose me, guy. Like, I don't blame you if you're so precious about imagery of Jesus and Mary that you don't like them. Um, having to share, uh, you know, space on candles with Taylor and Travis. But I think it's a little bit bonkers that you say those images are even more dear to us than images of our family members. But I don't know. Anyway, the article continues. Despite our the uproar, the store posted it had one of its busiest days ever. They raised $360 for Street Angels, which is a Milwaukee homeless outreach organization. Now, we managed to find, with a little bit of help from uh, Ashley Oye over at uh, Bayou 95.7, we got in touch with the founder and owner of Luminary and Company, which is the company that makes those candles at the center of this protest. And joining us on the line right now is Steph Kaufman. Steph, welcome to the show. Thanks for making time today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited about this. Oye uh, sent me this story last week, and I said, ooh, I think that is something I definitely want to talk about. And I went to your website, I looked at your candles, and I thought, yeah, this is great. This is going to be a great little spotlight story. Um, if you would, Steph, just tell us about your background and your business, and what, what's the inspiration behind creating these uh, these prayer candles? 
Well, uh, it was a complete accident. Um, eight years ago, I was doing comedy in Chicago. I was jobless. I was broke. And I needed gifts for my friends for Christmas. So I decided to make some candles featuring their favorite people. Thought nothing about it. A friend saw them, ended up requesting some custom ones, and I didn't even have enough money to um, buy the initial material, so I had to donate plasma. Eventually, <laughs> she posted the candles online. Within a week, I had 20 orders. I started an online shop, and then it's been – we just celebrated our um, eight-year anniversary last month, Whoa. and now we sell to many stores all over um, the U.S., Canada, some even in Europe, and it's wow. been a wild ride, yeah. Wow, you got to be doing numbers. I knew as soon as I saw, you know, I was like, it, it must kind of be baking your noodle that there's a store in Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin that's that's stocking <laughs> your candle, right? But I guess you, you, well, you, after eight years, you've been selling candles all over the planet. This is nothing new to you. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, we actually I'm keep in contact with that store because – our goal is to kind of just only really work with boutiques and small gift shops and stuff like that. Uh And so we've kind of kept in touch with them. So it was funny while this was happening, uh, Mardi Gras was also happening. So I kind of caught the news a little late, but um, I love that the store is donating a portion of the sales to an organization. And that's something we really love about the people that we work with. They have a kind of an understanding that what is most important is not the images of the people, but what the saints initially were talking about, which is giving back and what they were, you know, representing. So I love that. Okay, great. So I, like I said, I went to your website and I saw it's so, it's so many more damn candles than I expected to find there. I mean, you got a candle for everybody. I mean, there's hundreds of them. You got, you know, Taylor and Travis also, but I, you know, just the ones I saw this Alan Tucson, Alanis Morissette, obviously listeners to the show. know I'm a big Alanis fan. Might be getting myself that for Christmas. You got uh, Jameis Winston, Derek Carr. And I imagine some of these sell better than others. Right. So who do you choose how to put on a candle? What are the most like in demand candles right now? Um, well, Taylor's number one. That's, you know, that's just what Match. it is. And I'm very happy. She's doing great work and I'm glad we can honor her in some sort of way. Um, You know, I kind of personally keep myself out of as much of pop culture as I can, not because I don't find it interesting, but because there's so many passing trends that come and go. Mm. So I kind of use the theory that if I hear of someone organically three times, it's like the, the three times rule, then I'm like, okay, time to consider them for my version of sainthood, you know? Yeah. Uh, so okay. that's kind of how I decide. Um, but, you know, sometimes we'll have people request certain people, and I'm like, oh, that's a great person. I don't know why I didn't make a candle of them before, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, how do you balance your uh, artistic expression and your, and your freedom to put whatever the hell you want on a candle? Is there a moment where you have to consider uh, balancing that right that you have, the artistic expression, the creativity with, you know, images that might be potentially sensitive, uh, religious considerations when creating your candle design. Is that a thing you have to grapple with in your workspace? Um, you know, I've, I've thought pretty deeply about the entire concept. There's an article on Catholic.org that mentions these kind of candles and says, 
we don't personally find them offensive because we don't know if they're going to be saints yet. And we hope that they become saints one day, you know, like it's a very like kind of wholesome and hopeful view of it. Um, Like Taylor, for instance, gave all of her tour drivers a hundred thousand dollar bonus. That's something we can get behind. Now we're not claiming the religious validity of each of these people, but they all, to a certain degree, represent something meaningful to someone else. And that's what we're trying to, trying to tap into. Um, of course, I, I have no desire to create harm or to make mockery of someone's religious beliefs. But again, I kind of bring up, is it the image that's important to you or the teachings and the actions of the saints that you're attached to? I think that is a very satisfactory answer. Thank you so much. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what happened in Wisconsin. But first, I'm just so curious about what the space looks like where you make all these candles. Like you must have uh, a warehouse space in the area somewhere around here. Where is it? Is it like Laverne and Shirley where there's like the, 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 you know, assembly line of the candles coming off the machine? Like, how does this happen? What does that space actually look like? Take us inside your little candle factory. Well, that's so funny you say that because I just got a, they have a candle, a a prayer candle costume that I got. (laughs) And I'm going to hopefully tomorrow or the next day debut a video of me as a prayer candle showing up to make prayer candles. Like, wow. I, I don't know why. I think it'll be funny. <laughs> I think um, it's going to be funny. It's great. It's going to make me laugh, which is what kind of generally motivates me. Awesome. But um, it's a pretty small little space. I think about 1,500 square feet. We make, we apply the labels to each of the candles to order. So then we don't have much backspace. Um, and it's, it's great because then we're kind of utilizing, like, our space that we do have really well. Um, sorry, I'm just realizing that there's like, uh, if you hear a little noise in the background, I'm sorry, there's not, I can't really adjust it. I apologize. I don't hear anything. Please continue. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. So, um, we have a, a table. We have, we, you know, we get our online orders out beginning of the day and then our wholesale orders out after that. Um, and a little office, uh, nothing big. It's, yeah, it's 1500 square foot. It's just in like the River Ridge Harahan area because we needed a garage door uh, and we had a hard time finding one, like a smaller space with a garage door and within like New Orleans city limits, but it works great for us. And yeah, it's a fun little space. Great. Great, great, great. Uh, Steph, look, I didn't think I was going to need to do this, but I have more that I want to talk to you about, but I, I kind of need to take a commercial break here because I don't want to be rushed about this. Can you stick around another 10 minutes? Of course. Awesome. Okay, let's get Stephanie back on hold. Steph Steph Kaufman is here. And uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes with Steph, who's the founder and owner of Luminary and Company. I could not believe how many different persons and properties there are on these, these amazing candles. They'd make a great gift. I encourage you to go and look at the website and check out if there's a candle in there for you. We'll step away and take care of some business. I mean, okay, for Scoot, we'll be right back. Red Hot Chili Peppers, 99. Moving back now to Steph Kaufman, the founder and owner of Luminary and Company. Steph, thank you so much for sticking around a couple more minutes. Uh, this story landed on my desk after this uh, this protest broke out in Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. 
these uh, these folks are out there protesting the store that's selling your candles. They say, we see these candles as a mockery of Jesus and Mary. We hold them very close to our hearts. These images are even more dear to us than images of our family members. Okay, well, uh, when <laughs> did you find out about this protest, Steph, and how did that make you feel? I found out a little late. I knew that there was a lot of online backlash um, in the area, but I think it like there was a lot going on with Mardi Gras. So I and I was trying to keep in touch with the owner of the store, but I had no idea that Fox News covered it until a couple days later. Um, and I would like to mention that I I had heard from the uh, store owner that the people came out just for the Fox News interview and were only there for about an hour. <laughs> And then left. So uh, there's a bit of manufacturing oh, outrage that I, I recognize. Absolutely. And, I mean, the the kind of absurdity of saying that these images, which are just drawings of someone's perception, someone's idea of what these people might have looked like, are more important than actual images of your family. Like, I'm, I can't if that's how you if that's how you feel. I, I don't know if we can. Uh, argue anything on the same basis yeah. of reality. Yeah, like, uh, okay, uh, just uh, keep doing your thing, I guess. I, I'm glad I'm not in your family and, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I mean, when... Yeah, just keep, yeah. you're fine. I'm not, yeah, I'm not too concerned about what, you know. Sure. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that they showed up just for the interview because that is a sort of like a tiny cottage industry that we have, like this, this, this new thing where you get outraged about something and uh, next thing you know, you're on Fox News in primetime. And they do something kind of not dissimilar to what I'm doing with you. Well, how did that make you feel? When you saw the Taylor Swift candle, did you feel persecuted? And then, you know, you go on your way and you get your 15 minutes of fame with, you know, Laura Ingram or whatever. Okay, anyway, uh, moving on from the protest, what's happened since then? Have you seen any uptick in sales of these particular candles? Have other people in the media been reaching out to you? What What's the impact been on your business? So we we've got a really good response on social media. I think I, I addressed it in a video. And in the video, I like my thing is always put your money where your mouth is. If like for me, I want to I want to show that I I'm not just trying to make money off of these images. I'm trying to do good with it. So um, we do have a promo code going on until March seventh. And it's common good with the C and the G capitalized. I don't know if that's important when you put it in. but um, And it's buy one, get one uh, 50% off. And then 5% of all of those sales go to um, this woman named Helen, who I met in Africa, who is trying to start a school for girls. Or she has a school for girls. Um, but it's because she's in Kenya and there's not the same level of, um, technology or internet, like I'm trying to help her build a website um, and kind of grow. She has been featured in quite a few, um, I think it was like Travel and Leisure and Refinery29, but she just doesn't have all the resources or know-how to be able to take donations from anywhere. So I'm trying to build that for her, and that's where a portion of the sales are going, and I've previously donated to her. And so for me, it's like I, I'm – I, I understand how some people might feel that this is not, um, you know, appropriate or have certain feelings about it. But I do think we have to get to a place where we just don't buy something if we're not a fan and just move on with our lives. <laughs> yes. And then, yeah. like, allow me to do the good or or share the 
the wealth with people who I think truly need it and mm-hmm. like, you know, have, you know, relax a little bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. Right. Okay. So, uh, your web, what, what's the website if people want to go and look at your candles and buy some candles? It's, um, the luminary and co T H E L U M I N A R Y A N D C O at, uh, or dot com. I almost said the email. The email address. Yeah, sure. Okay, so the yeah. luminary and co dot com. Yes. Yep, and yeah. then the promo code common good. Common good. Buy one get one fifty percent off. Buy one get one fifty yeah. percent off. Well, I was poking around in there this morning and I saw several dozen candles that I would like to buy as gifts and have some in my own home. I don't know that I have that money available to me right now to to go buy 40 candles but god i really wanted to they look great steph i hope you're so proud of your work and your business and we're so glad that you're a new orleans based company i'm just tickled pink about that and just wish you the best success in the future thank you so much for taking time to tell us your story yeah thank you so much for having me all right keep in touch let us know if there's anything else we can do i'm gonna go buy one of these candles for coleman and we're gonna decide uh which i don't know what coleman what kind of candle you want man I heard she take requests. I'm trying to see if I can get a Neil deGrasse Tyson one. Dude, I promise you there's already one in there. I'm saying, uh, you know, Luminary and Company. Well, I'll take a look at this while we're uh, taking a break. Okay, um, let's go to Jeff and Gentilly really quick. Hey, Jeff, I got time for a quick comment, guy. What's up? Hey, dude, I'm sorry to slow you down. But um, I just happen to be an unrepentant um, Trump supporter, and I just wanted <laughs> to put my two cents in. Sure thing. I kind of like the guy. I think he's... um. He's got some good style. And I really think that the, the reason the black people kind of like him a little bit is because sometimes, man, people, the justice system can really work against people in a weird, nefarious way. And it, it, it seems obvious almost now that Trump's getting taken advantage of in a nefarious way. Like when he says that he didn't rape that woman because he, she wasn't his type. And then all of a sudden, like, um, he, get, he gets $53 million judgment against him. Yeah. And then he says that his uh, Mar-a-Lago was worth uh, more than $18 million, which I know it is. And, and then he gets sued by New York City, and they've taken his money away in, in, in a million different ways. I don't know. It, it, uh, it just seems like I want to give him sympathy. I'm not, I don't like him before, sure. but now I'm starting to like him. I'll just let you go and hear what you think about that. Uh, okay, Jeff. Well, um, look, I'll kind of. I don't have a ton of time to do this, but I'll kind of go in reverse order. He did say uh, when he was faced with accusations that he raped E. Jean Carroll in that apartment, uh, the department store dressing room in the mid '90s. He said, "There's no way I would have done that because she's not my type." Which is a pretty crummy way to deny a rape allegation anyway. I don't know why he couldn't just say, I didn't do it. Um, so just optically speaking, that's just a, a, a self-own, I think the kids would call that. He's stepping on a rake. There's a million different ways he could have reacted to that accusation other than saying, I didn't do it because she's not attractive enough. But also, he was found liable uh, I, I believe in a summary judgment. I think that uh, he did he did rape that woman. It wasn't a criminal trial, so you don't say that he's found guilty, but he was found liable for rape in a court of law. And the reason that he had to pay all that money was not for the rape. It was because he defamed her. In the middle of all that hullabaloo about whether, whether or not he did or did or did not commit the rape, he defamed Miss Carroll. And that's against the law. You can't do that. 
Uh, so that's what that the summary judgment was about. And I know a lot of people probably want to say, well, in terms of the money stuff and the New York civil business fraud suit, you know, there's no crime. The banks aren't really missing the money. Financial crimes are still a crime. You guys like it's it's unfair for him to break the rules and lie to banks and lie to insurance companies and inflate his wealth in an illegal way. And people will, I hear it all the time. Well, that's a victimless crime. No, it's not. When somebody is cheating at a system that's supposed to be applied fairly to all of us, we are all the victims in that. So uh, I don't know some of that may get through to Jeff or not. I don't know. We don't have a ton of time to dig into it now, but uh, you wanted my response. There it is, my guy. We'll step away and get another look at traffic. And when we come back, I'll just wrap up, tell you a little bit about what we're going to do on the show tomorrow. I think I got another pretty interesting setup for you. And uh, oh, we'll go to break with the chili peppers again. Sure. Why not? Here we go. <laughs> Rocket, dude. Coming up on the show tomorrow at 120, I'm going to talk to Ron Hubbard, who's a CEO of Atlas Survival Shelters. Survivalist bunkers are becoming increasingly popular. We'll talk about why and exactly what they're stocking up on in those bunkers. We'll then visit with Dr. Charles Ballet, who's a Louisiana local who's running as a libertarian candidate for president of the United States. Why is he doing it and what's his platform? We'll have that here at 220 at 320. We're going to talk to Michael Linden from the Washington Center for Equitable Growth. He's a former senior official at the White House Office of Management and Budget. We're going to talk about Project 2025. Maybe you've heard some whispers about this on the Internet. Donald Trump has a plan to radically reshape the federal government in his potential second term. We'll talk about that and more on the show tomorrow. I got to thank Coleman, Diane, Dan, and Scoot for the opportunity. I had a great time with you today. Coming up next on Sports Talk with Bobby, Mike, and Steve. are going to recap LSU baseball's weekend at the box. They're going to get Mike D's combine preview featuring the offensive tackle prospects. Who could be a fit for the Saints? And how could the LSU men's basketball team earn a spot in the NC2A tournament? Huddle up with Bobby, Mike, and Steve Ford 8 at WWL on the Odyssey app. I'm Ian Hoke, and I'll be back tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.